You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Shadows of Desire All the imaginable faces of the being abandoned to pleasure have been flashed on the screen. All the faces of the being that watches pleasure in another's eyes. All the gestures of the desiring body, all its size, its secrets. Can one still make love without being merely the imperfect copy of this act represented thousands of times in all its possible forms? Each time a gesture is taken from us and doubled through the repetitive mechanics of its non-existence, it's no longer ours. We are no more than shadows searching for something that is ours, only ours, but our quest is in vain, and from the screen, the shadows of the shadows we have become are watching us, masking the face of the invisible real. Alta Ifland was born in Eastern Europe, and her prose poems and stories have been published in the Bathyspheric Review and Café Irreal. Her first book is Voice of Ice. Thank you for joining me, Alta. Thank you for having me. Alta, I, I have to ask, given that you were born in Eastern Europe, is English your first language? <laughs> well, obviously not, as you can tell from my accent. Uh, my first language is Romanian, uh, French is my second language, and English is my third language. Tell me about your journey. How did you come to America? Um, well, that was, uh, let's see, 16 years ago. I came as a political refugee because I had political problems during the communist regime. But for bureaucratic reasons, I got the visa only after the regime fell. So in a way, it was a really absurd uh, visa because I got it for a regime that was not in power anymore. So I came and then um, I continued, I, I had already a bach- bachelor's in French in uh, Romania, but I got in Romania, then I got my PhD here in French. So tell, tell me a little bit about writing in different languages. Do you do your own translations? Well, in this case, in the case of Voice of Ice, um, yes, but I've never done that before. So I did this for the first time. Um, Translating yourself is really a daunting task. So until until I did this, it never occurred to me that I could do it. But now, and once I did it, I actually, that was the moment when I started to write in English because I used to write only in French. And then I wrote this book of prose poems in French and I decided to translate it into English. And once I started doing that, things started to come in English and now I write mostly in English. That's a really interesting story. When you're writing now, do you make a choice? I'm going to write this in English. I'm going to write this first in French. Do you have that kind of, those kind of thought processes? And where does Romanian fit into all this? It's a <laughs> fascinating thought. <laughs> okay, these are two questions. Uh, Romanian doesn't fit anywhere in here. Um, I, I never write in Romanian. If I had wanted to write in Romanian, I would have never left Romania. So living it meant that I was not going to write in Romanian. So um, for a while there, I was a little bit uh, without a language because <laughs> I 
didn't want to write in Romanian, and I didn't uh, master. My English was pretty basic when I came here. My French was pretty good, but not good enough to write as a writer in French. So I only started to write in French um, after 96, I think, when I went to France for a while to study. So now, no, I never think I'm going to write this in French or in English. I just used to write in French because after I began to write in French, it, things just started to come in French. So French was my language for a while. And then once I started to write in English, things are just coming in English. So they just come out naturally in English. We've been joined by Ralph Angel. Ralph Angel is the author of four books of poetry. His latest book is Exceptions and Melancholies. Ralph, your poetry is, is very interesting. You combine these kind of surreal aspects of the momentary visions that we have, and then you integrate them right into ordinary life. Mm. Tell me uh, how, what, m when do you make the choice to, to make that integration, that leap into ordinary life, and how do you get back into the sur your surreal world? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, it's a different way of asking a question I've been asked before. Uh, to me, there's no difference. You have one through, one through vision of the entire world. I just don't uh, distinguish when I'm working, at least. If I can get into my trance, you know, an undistracted place, I don't distinguish between my imagination and my hyperconsciousness and my dream life. I think all those things are occurring all the time. And, and it's my job just to get in touch with them, whether I like where it takes me or not. You know. Could you tell me about some times, maybe when you? got in touch with it and you didn't like what you were experiencing but you wrote it down anyway? Well that's my job I think. Uh, it's different than those times when you just throw the work away. I th still throw a lot of work away. Um, but there are times when you uh, when you confront your own demons or you confront your own prejudices or biases or treacheries and you don't like uh, it's not the person that you try and project into the world in order to get a bank loan or something, you know? And, uh, but it's my job to go there. Maybe that's why not everybody is a, a poet or an artist. In your poem, Sampling, mm. there's a, a wonderful place where you mingle yourself and your soul with this urban landscape that, mm. that surrounds you. Where was that place? Were you, was that, is that a real place? I mean, was that, were you standing on that street? Well, at one time, I suppose I was. <laughs> I, I feel like I carry uh, my place uh, inside me, and I uh, feel like I carry time inside me, too. And both grow more expansive the older I get and the longer I'm on the planet, I suppose. But I, th I feel like everything is, um, what? Everything's there for the picking, you know? And it doesn't matter if I'm drawing from a moment in, on 10th Street in New York City or if I'm drawing from a moment in Granada or I'm drawing from a moment in LA or, it doesn't matter. Uh, that whole landscape is just something I carry inside myself and so everything's ripe for the picking, I suppose, if it works. And you, when you visit this interior landscape, 
Where are you physically? Are you in the same place? Do you write in the same place every day? Oh, now you're getting personal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God, I hate that. I, uh, I'm a total creature of habit. I travel a lot. I'm a lucky person. I'm fortunate. I get invited to read around the country, around Europe. I love travel itself. But I compose really, with very, very, very few exceptions over the last 20 years, anywhere outside my uh, little study, my little messy study. Uh, I want to ask Alta. Alta, tell, tell me where you write. In my little study, right? Uh, no, actually, <laughs> sometimes, but I, well, actually, I write in my head, uh, and actually, the way I composed uh, Voice of Ice was really different than most people write. Um, I, I, I composed most of the, the shorter poems in my head, and I would keep there for about, I would keep them there for about two days, and try to memorize them and try to remember them and of course they would come out in a different version and I would make several versions in my head and then after that I would put them down. Do, I, I'd like to ask both of you, do you read your poems aloud? I, when you, is that part of your, your editing process to read them aloud to yourself and do you read them aloud to others? Elta? Um, Sometime but it's, it's not important to me. The, the editing for me is actually writing them down because I write them, as I said, first in my head, and they go through several versions in my head. So ed editing for me is writing them down, and I, you know, when I tell them to other people, it's when they are published. Ralph? Yeah, it's, it's similar. I don't show my work to other people, uh, but I do, I do read them aloud as I'm making them. It helps me to hear... Um, hear the orchestration of sound and rhythm and silence. But I don't go back and revise, so I either allow myself to finish something or I throw it away. Handwriting? Yeah, yeah, always for me. How about you? Alta? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, pencil, legal pads. <laughs> but I prefer white, but sometimes I'll work on yellow if I have to. <laughs> you both get at feelings that otherwise defy description. Uh, that that part, uh, reading both of your poems, they evoke in language for me feelings that I can't couldn't evoke for myself, and, and really couldn't condense beyond the words that you chose. So I'd like to each of you to talk to me about how you discover those feelings in yourself, and how the process of converting those feelings into language. Uh, Ralph, or Alta, there you go. Alta's, Alta's got a good, a good look of what the heck is he asking oh me about? God. How I discover this feeling myself. I guess I don't discover them. I just have them. I, for me, in a, so, in a certain way, writing is associated with, well, not writing, but creating is associated with night. And when, when I said that a lot of these prose poems were made in my head, a lot of them were made at night in my head. So um, that's why... Well, for me, I don't know if this is the case for other people, but um, writing is necessarily associated with something dark in yourself and trying to pull that out to light. So when you, in a way, when I write it down, it already comes to light. So I, I don't really feel like writing about happy subjects. I don't really, you know. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a worthy subject, but in writing, I'm, I'm inspired by dark subjects. Ralph? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I just feel like I am distracted most of the time. 
getting through the day, doing what I'm supposed to do. But when I'm not distracted, then I'm in touch with maybe some of the things you're talking about, even in touch with my own feelings, which I work very hard to conceal uh, from the world most of the time, just to get through the day. But that doesn't happen in your poetry, does it? No, I hopefully not. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> hopefully everything that I'm concealing from the world <laughs> is possible in the poems. <laughs> We've been speaking with Ralph Angel and Alta Ifland about their new books. They're here with Poetry Santa Cruz. Thank you for joining me, Alta and Ralph. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thank nice you. to meet you. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.